Shall we begin? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome. welcome. Welcome to another episode of Lunching with Lisa. Um, we switched up things a little bit because we were talking about some money. So we have to change things up when we're talking about money. So I want to welcome everybody to another um, Lunching with Lisa. This Thursday is all about the Benjamins. Um, and we have some guests who are going to tell y'all why it's all about the Benjamins and how you can keep it about those Benjamins. <laughs> and I think one of the slides on the on the um video that I did was how are we gonna make how you gonna make a change. Um so they're gonna try to show you how to keep your change in your pocket. So I wanted to first start off with um letting everybody know if you don't know Luncheon with Lisa, I am Lisa Dove Washington, the host and Luncheon with Lisa comes on every Thursday, seven to eight, and we stream live on Facebook and YouTube. Um, but I did share that we also have, um, we actually stream as a podcast. So we have like seven platforms, Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts. We're doing, trying to move around in this world. So um, we're excited that we'll be able to share this with many, many, many platforms. Um, so thank you all for tuning in. Um, and please, please feel free to chime in as we get to talking about money, because people like to talk about money. Long as long as it's not about why it's in the negative, people like to talk about money. <laughs> so first start off with um, we have three guests. I think we lost Keisha for a minute, but I'm sure she'll be right back in here. So we're going to start off with introducing one of our guests. And I want to make sure if I pronounce your name wrong, please let me know. I know I spelled it right. And I wanted to make sure I spelled it right, but I want to make sure I say it right. So I first want to introduce a Chicago, a Chicago native, Air Force retiree, breast cancer survivor, and author, Mrs. Demetrica Michi Jeffries. Yes, Jeffries. Yes. Jeffries. I got it. Okay, I was close. And she is a licensed financial services agent. Since receiving her license in September 2018, she has financially educated and empowered hundreds of Americans to make, make, save, grow, and protect their money. She has also served and helped families and businesses across the U.S. to secure nearly $7.5 million in wealth and financial protection. Michi continues to spread the importance of financial literacy within educational institutions, nonprofit or organizations, religious establishments, and support groups. Her campaign can also be heard through social media channels and social business net networks. And when we get to the end, um, we're going to actually share some information on how you can connect with her and find out how to, uh, as she said, she's going to keep that money in your pocket. Yes. Yes, yes. So I wanted to also introduce Keisha. Keisha Garrett is a wife and a mother of three beautiful daughters that has a 20 plus years of, of a software test engineer. 
She recently had a career change to now working for a healthcare staffing company of individual site development disabilities. For many years, she felt she had no purpose or passion for her work as she does not, as she does not. Working for her, working for these individuals allows her to be a true advocate for all those on her caseload. Keisha is no stranger to credit and was introduced in early 2000 when life happened and she lost her beautiful home within, within the Bowie community that was built from the ground up. Losing the home did not hit her until she needed a security clearance for her job. As you can see, like, like money and family, all affected by the value of a credit score. Her mission is to help individuals, families, not feel bondage to a credit score, to help families master their credit, their credit score, and maintain a future of financial literacy for them and their families. I wanted to welcome Michi and Keisha to the show. We'll have another guest that's joining us shortly, but thank you all for joining us on Luncheon with Lisa. Um, and it's all about the Benjamins. Yes, yes. Thank so you. now that we got now that we got introductions out the way and we will introduce our third guest when she joins us, but we're going to go straight into the conversation because I want to make sure we capture every minute about money. So let's start off a little bit and tell us because you all do different things, but the same thing. Um, so Michi, we're going to start off with you and tell us a little bit about how you even got into the money business. What is it that attracted you to the money? Well, I will tell you how I got started into the financial services industry, it was simply someone sharing with me about free workshops. And okay. I don't know about you, but if it's free and it doesn't cost me anything, it's educational, it may have the potential to help me do better, then I'm there. And by this time, I was already three years comfortably retired. I was not working, I was completely retired. And I decided, okay, well, I've always said that I wanted to learn how money works and learn more about money, but passively I said that, and I didn't do anything with it really, to be honest with you. Why? Because I was comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then I decided, okay, when well, I'm retired, now it's my time. I'm not on Uncle Sam's clock. This is mm -hmm. my clock. That's right. I decided to say, okay, I'll go and check out the workshops. If I don't like it, I don't have to come back. No harm, no foul. But as soon as they hit me with the rule of 72, game over. And I had to go to the workshops. It was okay. not out of obligation to my friend, but it was because I really, really wanted to learn. I wanted to hear what else they were going to tell me, because after being in the Air Force for 26 years, that was something that I never they were teaching me things that I never heard of before. Okay. And I already knew that being on this side of the fence, being on this side, not wearing a uniform, that thousands of military families need what we have. And our platform is education. If anything, we're going to teach you how money works and how you can make it work best for you because everyone has a right to learn. Absolutely. And I will say that with Michi, I've seen you do a presentation about the financial services. And yes, it was information I had never heard before. And I knew at that point that I wanted to take an opportunity to have you share, um, you know, some of the things that you, you know, have learned about finances, because I think that's where we struggle. Yes. Um, we think we know uh, what to do with our money. Um and we do stuff with our money, but I'm not sure that we do the right things with our money. 
um, which is why it's always a topic of discussion. So um, I'm definitely going to come back around with that um, and see how we can just kind of teach people. And I'm taking notes as well, um, because I don't think we can ever know enough about how money moves and what, what, what we need to know. And you know some really cool things that I think people can use going forward. Keisha, I know, and I've been watching some of your lives and you've been really, really sharing how people can, and you've actually done this yourself, which makes this a wonderful way to, you know, really pull people in because it's not like you're just, you know, saying whatever you're actually, you know, talking because you've done it. Share a little bit about how you got into this, um, the credit score, you know, helping people with their credit scores and what you've learned so far with that. So actually, you know, it's funny. Um, I have, you know, as you said, from 2000, having that happen with my house, you know, it's kind of like that was a huge impact, huge impact on my job, my family and everything. So, you know, it's like as the years have gone on, I've continued to try to work and rebuild my credit. But working in IT, working on government contracts, you often you need a security clearance in order and especially in this area in order to get, you know, secure a great job. So being able to work around that, being able to, you know, it, the thing is when it comes to credit, people often feel like they are bondage to that score, you know, because depending upon what's on your credit, you have to answer to this or that, who's calling you. So as I got into it, it was more of a, I'm on my last phase of turning me, turning, it's like turning that clock, turning that corner to that right place. And I'm like, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. So I listen in, you know, this opportunity, actually somebody posted it on Facebook. Um, it was sharing this opportunity. You know, I got on the call and I'm like, this is for me. And what gravitated me to it was because I've done, you know, direct sales before, but mm -hmm. what gravitated me to it was because the company itself, it's, it's more about, it's more than just credit. You know, and as she was saying, you know, it's more than just making money. We as Americans, we can go out and we can make money. But the problem is we don't manage it. We don't manage our money at all. And that's what this company is built on, the fact of helping you to learn how to manage your money. Because once we repair your credit, what are you going to do from there? We want to be able to help people understand how to round themselves back so they don't end up back in the same place. So I, it was just a win-win. And for me, I'm just in a I love helping people. I love helping people out of their current situations. I love help making people not feel bondage to something that's a three-digit number that could change any moment. So I want to give them, not put dreams into reality. So mm -hmm. absolutely, um, that, and that's why this is. I thought this was important. Um, because I think everybody wants all the same things. Anybody who even works in the financial services area or somewhere around there, you want it. So you know how bad that other people want to get, you know, to get it. So yeah. I want you all to share. Um, and, and Michi, we can go back to you, circle around to you and share some of the things that you've helped people do. Um, and I'm, I kind of want to go in the area of what's some things that you've done for people financially or that you can help them with that they, you know, come into the situation thinking, I'm never going to get this cleared up. I'm never going to be able to have that, whatever it is, their, you know, whatever their goal is. What's some things or tips you can share with them on how it can, it can be, it can happen for you, but you got to be disciplined and, and make some things happen. Absolutely. So thank you for asking that question. You know, I actually have a client that I'm so extremely proud of, and I'll tell you why. 
because this beautiful soul is 70 years young. Mm. So it's never too late. It's never too late. And I just happened to attend. I was invited to her particular church community to uh, do a financial presentation. And I did the presentation for the congregation. And she was one of the uh, people there that uh, expressed to me that she really wanted to know, know more. She was thankful that I was there, that I came there with the basic information. And we followed up and she told me, she said, look, I don't know anything about money. I know absolutely nothing about money. She was not afraid to say that. Right. There are a lot of people that walk around with their pride on their shoulders. That's true. And they, they, they tell you they're good and they can't answer what their rate of interest is at their current bank. Right. They tell you that they're good, but they can't tell you what an estate plan is. They tell you that they're good, but they can't tell you what type of life insurance policy they have. They tell you that they're good, but they don't even know what their balance is in their 401k. Right. So this back to this particular client, she actually started for it, it took her literally four months. She went to our workshops faithfully and keep in mind, this is right at the onset of the virus, the pandemic. And so now we have shifted our workshops to being online mm -hmm. and we would have thousands of people, thousands of people online at one time from all parts of America, including Canada. And she, I gave her the books, these books right here. I gave her these books and this book right here is actually our workbook that coincides with all of our workshops. Okay. And she went to every one of them. And I followed up with her maybe about uh, three months ago. And she said, Michi, I want to tell you, keep sending me the information to the workshops. They made a difference. And she started telling me, she said, I was able to get my car insurance uh, at a lower rate. You know, the current company I was with, I, I cut them loose. And then I went with this one and I saved over $100 in my car, uh, my car insurance. I was able to refinance my home, save several hundreds of dollars there. And all these things she did in a matter of less than six months. I was wow. so proud of her. And when she was sharing this with me, we weren't even talking on the telephone. This was through a text message. But I could feel the control that she now had over her mm -hmm. money. And that's the thing. A lot of people don't have control over their money. It goes here sure. and there. And people say, well, I don't have any money. Well, yeah, you do. You're just not monitoring it. So... Getting the education, getting in a room to get the education means so much. First and foremost, you have to realize that the thing about money is if you know you don't know much about it because it's always changing. Right. The pandemic has showed us that yeah. because money changes constantly with money and how money is exchanged between business organizations, even nonprofit organizations, small businesses and loans, et cetera, et cetera. You need to be in the room where people are going to teach you what mm -hmm. you want to do and how you can do it better. So first and foremost, you got to realize that you can always learn. So mm -hmm. get in the room where you can learn and free on top of that. Right. Uh, so that's the first thing. And then what's extremely important is it's not just enough to learn, but you also have to apply what you learn. KSA, right. knowledge, skills, and application. It's there for a reason because you get the knowledge, then you hone in on your skills on how that works, and then you apply it. Mm -hmm. Education means nothing if you don't apply it. That's where the power is. 
That's true. That's true. Because I want to, um, I, I, we're going to go down to Keisha, but I wanted to come back. And I think a lot of times where people get lost and I kind of what Keisha mentioned too was that we, we have the money, it's in the bank, but then those situations where we want to negotiate an interest rate or, you know, go back and refinance and things like that. That's where we get totally lost. We don't even know what we're looking at in the beginning to know what to ask for to go cheaper or to help us. And I think that's good information that I'm, I'm hoping that people want to hear about is how do I negotiate once I'm in there? How do I make it so that I can continue to get good rates and things like that? So we're going to circle, definitely circle, circle back around to that. Akeisha, tell us a little bit about, because this credit score, that's a big thing for people. Um, and I think it terrifies people. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how it, it cannot be so scary. Because I know people are just like, oh my gosh, I got to work with this credit score. Because it does affect everything that you do. Well, we often tell people that, you know, my first thing is my first question I ask, does your credit, do you know someone or somebody that has less than a 750 credit score? And, you know, oftentimes people just like, you know, she said about the finances, people will be like, oh, my credit is good. But oftentimes, what does that really mean? Because mm -hmm. your credit is good today. And COVID is a perfect example of how a lot of people were in jobs. They are OK. But you know, they don't realize that they need to go apply for a new job and how that credit will affect them. You know, people don't think that how having the right mix of credit because you have a mortgage, but you may not have a car payment or a credit card. You know, I pay cash for everything. So I hear all sorts of things. Oh, my credit is good. I'm, I'm great until you need it. And I'm always telling people, stay on it. Don't look. There are plenty of people that you know, the government is now saying once a year, go check your credit score. And actually, I, you know, I've been doing a little research. I've heard they even offering you more. And that's a go at least four times a year, because if your credit is good, that's when you open yourself up for identity theft. And people want to go in and take it. You need to know that, you know, what your, what's on your credit. You need to have access that, you know, like I get alerts because of part of our program. Anytime any of my credit cards are used, I get an alert to my phone. You know, there are people that have had, you know, this part of the company that have had a new accounts open and they're not even theirs. They're mm. on one side of the country and somebody's opening up an account on the other. But checking your credit regularly is so important. And it's also, don't don't hold, don't be so caught up on what that number is because the number can change. You know, paying your, paying your things on time is very important because not, you can lose, your credit score can go down 100 points just by missing one payment. So mm -hmm. you do want to be on top of it, but you don't, it, you can work around it. You know, it's like people, they pay their collections. You know, they are, those are things that we dispute. You know, we dispute things like that, you know, because it's like they don't realize that that creditor has sold that collection to, you know, to these collection companies and they're profiting off of that. We try to help you minimize that because you may have a different debt that you really need to apply that money to. So know when and where to apply your money to make sure that you're getting out of it. So credit is a thing that I think more people, they see it and they don't understand the loopholes, they don't understand what they can do. People don't even understand that. Like I had a, um, you know, a person to come to me and even myself, let, let me put a perfect example. I had two accounts on my credit report, one creditor, same start date, 
two different balances. And I was, you know, just getting ready to pay them off. And it wasn't until I was talking to a mortgage lady and she was like, you know, I need you to go ahead and pay both of those accounts off. I'm like, oh, okay. Because I know I had a couple of different accounts with this creditor. So I didn't hone in on it until I actually opened it up and look, they are the same account number. Mm. Because I disputed it, they both are no longer on my credit report. So it's a win-win. You have to go and you have to be diligent about it. And, you know, it's like, get the help. Seek, you know, it's like, you don't have to necessarily sign up with a service, but be educated on what you can do uh, about it. Absolutely. Um, and actually, I'm going to come back to you, too, because another question was, because I actually have, and then we'll introduce our next guest. Um, I, I actually have gone on to my credit report and... And it was so exhilarating. I will say this. I mean, it's like I put it off for years. But one day I put, I ordered all my credit reports. I went through them and I called them and negotiated. There were accounts on there. I negotiated down to, OK, so if you pay $100, we can, you know, eliminate this. And I mean, I was so happy. I did maybe two or three out of whatever was, ever was on there. This was years ago. And I started doing that every year. Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of build stuff and take it off. And it yep. felt so good to take something, even one thing off of your credit or at least talk it down. Um, and they really work with you if you yes. communicate with them. Yes. Um, so I want to double around and talk about that as well. So I wanted to introduce our third guest. Um, welcome, Ms. <laughs> Ashley Renee West. I wanted to give you just a little background on Ashley. Um, she expands business for the credit union, which is Lafayette Federal Credit Union. She's a business development officer. So she also serves as a personal banker as well for the members. She's a mom to a beautiful baby boy named Camden. And she has a wonderful mother. Um, and I thank you because she's my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a little biased about that last comment, but it's still true. It's still true. But welcome, Ashley, to the show. Thank and, you. Thank you. Um, we want we wanted we're talking about um credit reports. We're talking about saving your money. So I'm gonna pull you in in a minute. We're gonna just kind of go around um since you're just joining us. But Michi, let's go back up to what we were talking about earlier with um you know, just really kind of explaining how to maybe negotiate things. Like when I did that, it wasn't like I had a whole lot of skill in doing that. It was just a matter of getting on the phone, having a conversation. And really it wasn't as hard as I thought it was, but I think the hardest part of it was just making the phone call. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I will tell you that to be honest with you, I, so I've been a part of my awesome organization uh, since September, 2018. And to be honest with you, now, I'm thankful that I was not a person that was in debt like that. And I never had that experience before. But I learned that you could call your creditors just by starting to work with my current organization. Mm. And one of my trainers, who's one of my awesome business partners, I learned it from him because we actually have quite a few clients that will come in and they just they need a debt management plan. They need a plan. They, they need to uh, do a debt roll up plan, you know, something where you can just focus on one particular debt. And when you take and you pay that debt off and then you take that money, then you roll it up to the next debt and pay it off. You take that money, you roll it up, hence debt roll up. And we've had a couple of people come in with a couple of uh, debts. 
And he would tell them, hey, just pick up the phone and call. Mm -hmm. Trust me. As long as you show that you are making payment, they will work with you. Yep. And I'm thinking to myself, it's really that easy? Yeah. And you actually just testified to that, Lisa, mm -hmm. Mr. Keisha, that it is that easy. Uh, you don't, and I'm just going to say this, don't, you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars a month for somebody to send a letter when you can just pick up the phone and call. Right. I think it's just it's and it's intimidating for people because they don't know what they're going to say. They don't know, you know. And I think we build ourselves up, uh -huh. be so scared of that conversation, and they just really want to hear, you know, hear your voice and say, "Hey, I'm trying to acknowledge this, and um, you know, what can I do? Can you work with me?" And normally, I rarely got pushback when I did it. Mm -hmm. And so, when once I experienced it one time, I will say this: once I did it one time. After that, it was like, okay, every year, this is what I need to do. Um, so I'm here to tell you, it's not as scary as it seems, um, and it takes time, um, but they'll work with you. <laughs> they, they will work. work with you. Not everybody, but then, but they'll bring it down if they don't completely get rid of it. And like Keisha said, you start to notice things that are duplicates and things like that mm -hmm. that are sitting on there and you realize that they didn't have to be sitting on there like that um if we had just called and 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 asked a few questions so keisha let's come back around to to the the credit you know the credit score and what things have you you know figured out from the credit score because i know people think and share with us a little bit about what is considered a good credit score or a bad credit score or um because a lot of people think you go under a certain amount it's bad you go to a certain thing then you're doing good but explain a little bit of that so people kind of understand how this works well a great credit score what we call a good credit is 750 and above but there's 45 million people out here with credit scores below 750 so people think that it's just them there's 45 million people that have a credit score below that. So it's not just you. But the key to it is, and you kind of talked about it, is, you know, often, and that can go any as low as a three. You know, there are some out there that have three and four hundreds, um, you know, but because things do happen, people make bad choices that, you know, my favorite is life happens. You know, people right. have medical bills. Um car repairs and if you already live in paycheck to paycheck it's hard to get out of it and you know we always taught you know don't get all these credit cards but what do we do we we, we get these credit cards because it looks like you know free money but understanding that if you can come out of it and you know it's like a it's a climb you know i had a client that started up two months ago and we were looking at hers today you know she started off in the mid 500s now she's almost like 20 points away from being a 700 so it can happen you know it's like don't be afraid of it and i think it's the smallest bill it's not the amount that you have it's really it's such the calculation is so advanced that it's just like it, it really just depends on what you have because you could be a person with no credit and just be an authorized buyer on somebody's credit and still have a 700s but you could be somebody that have, you know, $10,000 worth of credit and be a 400, you know? So it's like, it really just depends on where you fall. And one of the things that you had kind of mentioned earlier um, with the, you know, I guess what the credit is often, 
when people go and they call the credit bureaus, do if I don't mention anything else, one tip that I would definitely tell you, never call the credit bureau. Put it in writing. Okay. Just all of your things in writing. Because when you call the credit bureaus, you give up all of your rights as far as the timing that they have mm -hmm. to get back to you. Everything that's in your favor is gone because everything is automated and whatever wow. happens, happens. And if they come back and they dispute it and they say, no, the you know, like, no, this is valid the first time you've given up your right to dispute it again. Once you do it, once you pick up the phone, always put it in writing, always mail it with your, you know, certified mail because you're, you want to start your clock between, you know, so of how long you have that 45, 45 days to hear back from them. So always, you know, I know it's like, I know you call the creditor, but when you call the credit bureau, because definitely you can dispute directly with them, mm -hmm. um, don't call, definitely put it in writing. That's a great tip. Thank you for that. Cause I'm actually going to um, want to talk about too, that, um, and I just, it just slipped my mind, but um this, whoa, I forgot what it's going to come back to me. Y'all know the 50 kicks in every now and then because I had something on the tip of my tongue, but it's going to come back. But I want to pull Ashley in and Ashley, you're you're coming in from a banker, you know, a banking point of view. So share with us a little bit about because I'm sure you're dealing with members, you know, head on. Um, and what are some of their issues and understanding their accounts? Because when you're talking about on another level, it's just, okay, so my account said this and, and now it says this and the bank threw in fees and, you know, all these kind of things. People get really turned around with what's going on and they go the difference between, I know one of the things that always used to be a thing was the difference between putting your money in a bank versus a credit union. Um, and what are the differences with that? You know, because um, some people have their, you know, ideas of when you work with a credit union or a bank. But share us a little bit about your experience with being in the banking business and how you've been able to help, you know, people to manage their money better. Absolutely. So um, a lot of things. Well, one of the main things that people think when they hear credit union that scares them is the word credit. So they think that they have to have certain qualifications to become part of a credit union. Um, I come from big banking as well. Um, this is my first credit union. I've been with them for three years. And one thing I can say about credit unions and when we talk about the difference is credit unions really are, they're like community banking. They're really there to help you build. Um, we do offer like not, you know, non the accounts, things like that to help people learn how to save, um, credit builder loans, things like that. So our main objective is providing the best experience for our members. Um, one thing I love about what we do as business development officers is that we get to actually assess people's spending habits and assess people's um, saving habits because a lot of things, we work for a lot of people that work in the government and they make a lot of money, but a lot of people don't know how to properly use their funds, um, save their funds. So like how she was saying before, you know, those those, those people that make over 100,000, their credit scores are like 400 because they keep getting these credit cards and things like that. So our main goal is to help them save their money. We um, host a lot of financial literacies. Um, mm -hmm. As far as like the deposits and things like that, I don't work too much in that field. My specific job is to bring business to the credit union and then the business that I bring in help them 
get to their financial goal. Um, so we do financial recovery seminars. We do basic financial literacy for like students. Because mm -hmm. I know for me, if I would have known what I know now, um, I would have been in a much better um, financial position. You know, they don't teach these. They didn't teach these type of things to kids when I was in school. So right. I want to be the, and nowadays millennials are really taking over as far as buying homes, um, becoming entrepreneurs, and they need to know how to invest their money properly to leave that to their children, you know, mm -hmm. generational wealth. Yeah. So that is one of the things that I take pride in in doing in my job. So when it comes to finances, it's really the basics of learning how to save, even if it's $5, if you can learn how to put $5 aside each week each month, you know, whatever you have. Right now we're in a pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of things have been cut off as far as, you know, what you probably spend a lot of your money on. But a lot of things you might notice that you spend your money on more now, like DoorDash and little things that people don't know, you know, notice as up and it affects right. your finances. And then they're wondering, oh, wow, how did I, spend $300 in a week. Well, you know, yeah. you know, <laughs> I well, and, and, <laughs> and I will say that, you know, a lot of times, especially with money, we thought we were, you know, losing our money when you go to work and you're eating lunch and you go to the cafe and you're spending $20 a pop. And you, so now you think you're home, but to what Ashley said, now you're ordering DoorDash or you're getting your groceries. I will admit, you know, that Instacart became my best friend, but you know, when you're doing those kind of things, you're probably spending more um, money for the same thing that had you gone in the grocery store. So we have to balance some of those things because, you know, it's a safety thing as well. But um, I wanted to kind of go around the bend again and, and just kind of talk to you all because she mentioned COVID, which we're definitely in. But then the holidays are coming up. And in the middle of COVID, the holidays are coming up. But here's a here's where I, I find the struggle because no, we don't. We're not going into the stores and doing those kind of things. But how much easier is it to go on Amazon and just do what you do? And now you don't even have to travel. You think you're saving money because you didn't spend any gas, so you double up. <laughs> so there's all kinds of ways that we're tricking ourselves into the fact that we're not spending money, but we could in some instances, as Ashley mentioned, spend be spending more now that we're in the house. So Michi, can you touch on what do you what what how do you prepare people for the holidays and then COVID on top of that? Very good question. And I will tell you, uh, the, the one thing that keeps brewing up inside of me that I will just say is everything is a mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have grown up in an environment where you didn't have much, uh, you saw your parents having the money. And as soon as they had the money, they didn't pay themselves first. Mm hmm. They put it towards the food. They put it towards a the mortgage. They put it towards the rent. They put it towards your school clothes. They put it towards your education. And pretty soon you start to develop that same mindset about money. Okay, money's not meant to work for me. I'm meant to work for money. But money is meant to work for you. Mm. So we have to, once we get the education, that's when the matrix begins to take place. That's when you are able to be in a position to really change your mindset, which in turn will help you change your relationship with money. Right. 
So once I got the education and I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this information and a, a very powerful thing that hit me, Sister Lisa, was Sister Ashley said it, generational wealth. I love that language, by the way, <laughs> generational wealth. And I thought about this for the past few days. You know, my father's father and my father, they handed me the same thing, which is nothing. Mm. Nothing. Yes, they gave me good character. My father taught me how to be a young lady and how to be respectful and say thank you and help people. But at the end of the day, he he gave me no knowledge about money. My parents will always tell me, save your money. Okay, well, I want to do that. But how? Right. So going back to your question about the, the, the seasons coming up, you know, it's like a vicious cycle that we have. You know, people want to... I know, I know people, okay, let me just say this. I know people who always worry about gifts under the Christmas tree, but they don't have money to uh -huh. under the Christmas tree, all right? You know, give them some gift cards. Be done with it. Because what happens is now that you put the gifts under the Christmas tree, what's going to happen? After the holidays, okay, January, February, those bills are gonna come around. How are you gonna pay them? The same people right. you put gifts under the Christmas tree for are the ones that's gonna help you pay the bill. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But it's it's a mindset, and we have to stop chain, you know, being enslaved, if I can say that word, to a system of traditionalism, okay. Baby's got to have a Christmas. Okay, they can have a Christmas with the meal at the dinner table. You get them one gift and everything is fine. But we're not able to shift like that. We think that, you know, that that baby is his first Christmas or her first Christmas. They got to have the latest in the gym shoes. They got to have the latest in the clothes, which they're going to grow out of in less than a month. So and we, we spend our money on temporal things, things that don't equate to generational wealth. So one of the things that I will say about that is. Establish a fund. You know how you have an emergency fund. Okay, well, you can have a, a fund for shopping. You can have the travel fund. You can have the Christmas shopping fund. Allocate a certain amount of money towards that over the year. If you want to start, you know, Christmas in July. Okay, if you want to start in July, okay, that gives you so many months to prepare. Okay. And you have a set amount that you're going to put into that Christmas shopping fund. And guess what? Okay. That's it. Whoever gets it, gets it. Whoever don't. They just don't. I like that. Yeah. So that's definitely one real uh, good tip because that helps you discipline, stay disciplined on that particular pot of money. So you're not just spending from one continuous pot of money that you utilize, right. for, you know, uh, spread it out and actually put a name to it and spend it for that intended purpose. That's a huge tip. Um, it, it, it's hard for people because we get into our habits. I am, I love Christmas. That was that was like my moment to spoil everybody, mm -hmm. anybody for any reason. Um, and and things and it is a mindset. And and as much as you made that a habit, you know, I make that a habit every year. I, you know, it's it's like a check to myself that you also need to make a habit of. Okay, so how do I do this in a way that, like you said, after the holidays which, you know, the holidays really start around Thanksgiving when people just lose their mind or a little before than now because yeah. um, Christmas stuff is out there now. Um, so in October, you know, it's on and it goes all the way through the new year. 
Mm-hmm. And now you're trying to recover from last year. And you don't get to recover until you're getting ready to go into Christmas again. Right. So it is that, you know, that circle. Um, and I was going to share another tip might be that we need to shorten our list of people who we are gifting. Um, you can't, yeah, you can't, the, yeah, everybody extended and all of that. No, send a card. Um, you know, make a card list and 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 just acknowledge that, hey, you have a wonderful holiday, but you everybody can't get, you know, get something. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and right now, you by now you got a problem. Right. Okay. <laughs> and in the middle of COVID, it's like we re- yeah. it's extra because now we don't know what's gonna happen going forward. Um, because this is gonna last for a while. So we need everybody needs to be holding on so that we can make sure we have what's needed to to survive through all of this. So Keisha, well, you know, what are some tips that you have going into the holidays? I know you have, you know, young ladies who and and I know I have, you know, Ashley back in back in the day when Christmas came around, it was like, okay, so no matter what, this is what I want. You know, the kids send their lists. Um, they've gotten older now, so I don't think the lists um come like they do, but you know, money is always like, oh, well, you can give me money now. Um, so, so Keisha, share with us a little bit about some tips for the holidays that you, you think would be helpful, especially in regards to the credit score. Um, well, I think like Michi said, I think it's for me, it's definitely cutting down that list. Um, being able to understand that, I'm sorry, you know, it's like, <laughs> You know, I know like with my friends and family, you know, everybody, I think I have the most kids. I have three out of most of all my friends and even like, you know, family wise, having three is like, listen, we can't get for all of yours. But, you know, I look at I tell people we're on like 70, 70 plus days left in the end of the year. This is the time you want to start now and don't wait until the beginning of the year to come up with these goals. Start thinking now and is just like any other day that you want to have throughout the year. Yes, you want to give, but the one thing people should have learned, and I know for me that I feel like that I've really gained through COVID, is the value of family throughout the year. So, and that has been not on a monetary basis, but really spending time. And that time is over Zoom, over the phone, um, really giving that support from the heart. So if you really want to think about your finances and your credit, learn to give things from the heart, which is yourself. Because especially with kids, my kids get things on Christmas and especially toy related. By January 15th, I don't even see those toys. I'm like, they never got used. I'm like, what happened to them? You know, so that's just not even an option. And luckily they are not kids that ask for you know, the latest Jordans and all of those things. Mm-hmm. But give something that's really going to meet. And then this is the time where you have to, as from a credit perspective, I know um, Ashley was talking about the, the financial literacy. I know I was not taught anything about financial literacy. And I know my daughter's, um, my oldest, took a class in high school. You know, she didn't want to take it, but I was adamant, you're going to sign up for this class. And even our company, we give back to our youth and schools that participate and they teach these financial literacy because it is important for our millennials to learn because our millennials are, you know, we've always said the, the student keeping up with the Joneses. Don't keep up with the Joneses on the Christmas gifts. Do what, do it from your heart. That's going to be the best, you know, keeping your finances, keeping that budget, keeping all those things down. This is the year unlike other years that that's going to be even more important. COVID has taught, you know, and COVID-wise, 
how many of us really want gifts from outside? Because, you know, we are like, we scared, well, that's good, you know. That's but a good point. That's a good point. You give, like, actually, if you're going to give a gift card, an e gift card, that's fine. But honestly, we need to teach ourselves and our family. It's more than just giving. That I mean, it's not just about the gift you get. So, right. And well, and I was I was going to say something to that before we went on to Ashley, but I mean, really, you know, teaching our kids what the, the whole season is about is 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 will help that as well. That it's not about the gifts necessarily. Yeah. So I think we get wrapped up in it. But you know, I have had moments when I've had to have conversations with my children because um, life was hard and things were happening, and we were making adjustments. And between my husband and and you know, we have seven children all together. So there were times when we had to make other adjustments. And so the explanation had to be reinforced that, hey, this is not about what you get for this day. This is really not your birthday. Um, so, but I wanted to also mention that one of the things that people can do, which I always did because I'm a crafter or creator, was that it was, you know, DIY Christmases. It's like, you know, you all go out there and spend a few dollars and create things. Um, and use your imagination. So my kids, even now, my son is 21 years old, but he creates, he always, the, the best gifts he gives me are like these creative things um, that he does. So Ashley, I know she's mm -hmm. moving around a little bit. But, Sorry, my so, phone is dying a little bit, but I'm working. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Ashley, give us some pointers on what you've learned, you know, in, in, I guess, you know, I might be schooled on some things since I'm mom in this situation, but what are some things that you, you know, have learned over the years about, um, you know, how to prepare for the holidays? Because, you know, she's, you know, now that you're older, you know, as a kid, you know, I think my kids thought that if they wanted something, um, they just thought I asked and then you give. Um, and there were times when the conversation was, well, what do you think that the bank is going to, um, why would they give me this? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know, saying like, it's not a matter of just going and saying, hey, my kids want these things. So I, I'm going to need this kind of money to make this happen. It's just not that easy. So Ashley, share with us some ideas because now you have a little one that you have to prepare for Christmas. And this is the perfect time to teach him. He's only over, a little over a year old. So what are your ideas on how to teach him going forward about money and things? Um, as far as getting ready for the holidays, coming from a banking at, um, point, make sure that you're getting the most out of your financial institutions. Um, make sure you're at the best financial institution. Make sure they can offer you the better rates. Because right now, what I what I suggest to everybody is look into those saving clubs, those holiday saving clubs, see what type of short term certificates at the beginning of the year that you can invest in. So that way that money is put aside. So you don't even have to be scrambling for Christmas money when it's time to shop for gifts. Um, you know, make sure that you are putting money aside throughout the year, not just during this time, because this time you're going to be needing still your bills are still going to have to be paid things are going to be happening you need your emergency fund you should not be using your emergency fund to buy christmas gifts <laughs> um uh, one of the things that i liked about one of my members is that she actually the her christmas gifts to her children were seat certificates you know <laughs> like certificate of deposits you know invest in your children i know for me um, I've started Camden, his own certificate. He has $1,500 in a certificate. 
already. That's He's only one years about. old. You know, <laughs> you know, when I had the money, put it away, lock it up so you don't even have to worry about trying to touch it or anything. Um, just take those steps. Um, and those, I know things happen, but make yourself a bill, you know, pay yourself, invest in yourself because what happens is we get so caught up into the designer things and the 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 wants over the needs and just really evaluate your financial situation and see what is a need and what's a want. You know, a lot of us spend money on things that we want and we think that we need because we want it so bad, but really this is something you can live without. You know, right. so just really assess your spending habits. Um, what I've learned and I wasn't the best spender when I was younger. Um, I, what I learned is that it does take time and don't be scared to ask questions. You know, reach out to someone. If you know anybody in financing or if you know somebody who has good, you know, spending habits, reach out to them. Ask them, how do I do this? You know, it's a lot of things that you can um, get a part of and like saving clubs that are on Facebook. I mean, everything, all, social media has everything for you now. You can mm -hmm. find tips on anything, you know, but ask questions. If you want to know um, how to say it, ask someone. You know, a lot of times people don't want to say, don't want to recognize that they're broke. <laughs> like, I, I was one of those people. I, you know, I was ashamed to say that I was broke and that I needed help getting my finances together. Um, and then being in banking, I learned that it's a lot of people that are in your same situation yes. who need mm -hmm. that help. Yeah. Look one, and then a lot of things you can research for yourself. Eventbrite, they have financial literacies that are free, mm -hmm. free workshops for you that you can go in, you know, do virtual webinars, get um, site, you know, stuff to learn how to save your money. And they have um, trackers online that you can print out, all mm -hmm. types of good things. So just really use your resources and invest in yourself, make yourself a bill. Okay, that's what this is great information. So we have a question. Yeah. So let me throw this out at you ladies. Um, so what are your thoughts on a creditor choosing to change their financial institution resulting in the closing of a given credit card? Report to the credit bureau says account closed, but it is closed because the creditor um not it's closed because of the creditor, not the client. So did any did any either of you have um, some comments on that question or know where she could maybe look to find some more information on that? One of the things I would tell her to is um, really she can she can add some remarks on it. And actually, because of that, I would actually try to dispute part of that because it's not closed on her behalf. Now, they, the remarks are supposed to help. And if somebody's looking at it to evaluate her credit based off of she wants to get, in, you know, get, obtain additional credit, they will take that into account. But I will try to, because you don't, closing an account is kind of detrimental to your credit score because it's better to leave it open and have a lower balance. So when it's closed, you lose all of that credit history and that helps to help you, you know, maintain and increase your credit score. So them closing it is really not right. that good for her, but right. um, I would definitely look into one adding remark um, to it so that it's, it shows that it's not on by her behalf because somebody just looking at it it will appear negative. Okay, got you. 
Um, so I'm hoping that it at least helps a little bit. Um, and we're getting ready to actually close out so you can contact these ladies on information that you may want. I wanted to say real quick because, um, and I'm saying this because, you know, Ashley is on the line, but it is so it's a wonderful feeling because I, I didn't, you know, as a single mom, you out there, you when I was younger, I didn't do the best with my money either. Um, so I've been through the gamut of trying to, you know, hustle here and do here with, you know, how I'm going to manage these bills and keep food on the table. And, you know, and I've been in government for 25 years, but, you know, even when you go into the government, I went in as a grade three. So I wasn't bringing home a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, so it looks like a lot on paper until mm -hmm. you have to pay for daycare and you have to pay mm -hmm. for groceries. And then it's not much at all. And, you know, the funny thing was that, you know, where, you know, we would live here, I'm from uh, Maryland, but, you know, every state doesn't have programs and things to help you. So I wasn't in a place where there were things that, that I was offered because on paper, it looked like I made enough money. I kept saying, well, I don't know what you're looking at, but this, <laughs> this doesn't fit the bill. But if you don't technically fall under that, you know, whatever that limit is, then there are a lot of things that aren't even offered to you. So you just kind of out there and got to make do, you know, so I learned a lot over the years. So on some level, Ashley had to learn, you know, some of that came from me because, you know, you just seeing, you know, mom make it through and she didn't know how. And I will say that one other thing was with the kids is to communicate with them. So, you know, because I redefine, you know, and I, I tried to redefine broke. So, you know, when some people say broken, I mean, even with my husband, the way we do things with when he said broke, that didn't mean he didn't have a quarter, uh, no, anything but a quarter in his pocket. But he had already decided what his level was of what he considered broken. I'm not. No, I don't have anything else. And that was um, something I didn't do. But it helped me when I decided, OK, so when I get to this level, I don't have anything else to, you know, push out, give. Bar, you know, someone wants to borrow. It's just got to be a no. Um, and it can't be because I'm a, I'm a giver. So it can't be that I, when I'm down to a quarter, because I think what happens is that sometimes people who are givers, they give because somebody needs and they'll give their last. And the next thing you know, they have to actually go to someone else and borrow what they need because they just gave their last to someone who needs. So, I mean, you know, the intentions are just wonderful, but the reality of it is that we can't, we can't do that. Yep. Um, and people have to understand that, you know, you, there has to be a no. So no goes into the process of finances too. You got to know when to tell people no. Yes. Um, and that's a hard one. I get it. That's a hard one. But I wanted to, before we leave, we have a few more minutes. I wanted everybody to know how they can reach out to you, um, what areas you can help them in so that they can start to get things in order. And I think you all were the perfect group of people to help people, especially now to get ready for the holidays and for next year. Um, and then get on a, 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 a page where they can keep this going. So Michi, tell everybody where they can contact you and find out more about you. Awesome. Before I do that, sister, in regards to Ashley, uh, I, I think it's awesome uh, what you're setting up for baby Camden with the CDs. But I will tell you, you probably already know this, that you can do a lot more. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot more if you really want to build the generational wealth you can do a lot more, mm -hmm. a lot more. So 
having said that, uh, you can reach me at um, Michi Jeffries, M-E-E-C-H-I-E-J-E-F-F-E-R-I-S mm-hmm. at gmail.com. I am also uh, available on Facebook. My Facebook handle is my name, Jeffries. I can also be reached via Facebook Messenger. Okay. Well, those are some of the ways that I can be reached. Okay. Thank you so much. Keisha, how can everybody contact you? Um, definitely. If you are in the market of, you know, you just want to have questions about your credit, if you just you're looking to earn some additional income. You too can do what I do. You know, this is a referral-based business. We're looking for people. If you are living paycheck to paycheck, please call me. Being able to be in a program that you can offer service, we can, you know, let's connect. Um, I have a Facebook page. You can send my personal page, Keisha Garrett, or my business page is Keisha G. Um, or you can contact me on Instagram. It's next level with underscore Keisha because we want to take you to the next level. We don't want you to continue to stay where you are. So, you know, let's make 2021. We already planning for that, you know, and make those decisions now. Absolutely. And Ashley, tell us where we can find you and where you can tell us a little bit about your bank if somebody's looking to open up an account somewhere. So give us some information. Yes, if you are looking for a credit union, um, of course, Lafayette Federal Credit Union would love to have you. And I will be your personal banker. Um, <laughs> but you can reach me, um, Ashley Renee, on Facebook. Um, my work email is awest at lfcu.org. Um, if you have questions about membership, whether it's, you know, you want to know about basic savings accounts, free checking accounts, things like that to get you started, um, get your kids started, um, you can reach out to me. Also, um, we do have a financial recovery webinar next next Wednesday. It's from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. I'll send that information to, can I call you Lisa? <laughs> no. Uh, I thought we were being a professional. <laughs> Um, no, we will get that information, Mom. Okay, Miss Washington. How about that? I will send that information to Miss Washington. Anybody's free to join. You don't have to be a member of the credit union just to learn some places to start. Um, it'll be very informational for you guys. Thank you. And she tried it, y'all. She did. She tried it. She did. Yes, we're all talking about the financial literacy too. So it's a bunch of educational uh, information that we have at people's fingertips. So I really, really love this. Um, We have our financial literacy workshops, which are free with these books that are yours to keep as well. Um, We have them every day, literally every day, uh, several times a day. And they are open to anybody anywhere in North America, including Canada, too. Okay. So this way, and they they talk about different things from debt management to increasing cash flow. Look at that baby. College savings plans, four hundred one ks, four hundred three bs, five twenty nine college saving plans, uh, estate planning, living wills, trusts. Uh, we also talk about the difference between traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. Everything we talk about, we help people with learning and understanding the rule of seventy two, which is how many years it'll take for your money to double or how many years it'll take for your debt to double. Yeah. So everything that we talk about, including uh, the, the, the basic foundation, the final, the, the 
financial protection or proper protection. And then, of mm-hmm. course, uh, debt management, emergency fund, as well as the investment piece. A lot of people always want to say, what do you do in stocks? Well, we can talk about that, but let's talk about your protection. Is your family protected if something should happen to you? Or are they going to right. be out in the streets when something happens to you? So we, everything that we hit on, we also help people with as well. So absolutely. So. And I think it was a 72, you said 72, right? The rule of 72. Yeah, the rule of 72. You all got to have got to get in touch with her about that. That's some good information. Um, so I wanted to let you all know before we go, I wanted to let you all know if you didn't know, um, and I did not plan it this way, but like I said, um, <laughs> Things happen for a reason. But today is actually Get Smart About Credit Day. Wow. And I thought the timing, I actually figured that out way to earlier today. So y'all know everything was already in place. And I thought that was so cool considering what we're talking about. So now you all know going forward that today, what is it? October 15th is actually Get Smart About Credit Day. So that's something that you can use to kind of, you know, push people forward even on this day to say, okay, well, this is the day. If you haven't started any other time, let's start today. So when all of you said start today, don't wait till the new year. This is the perfect day to start. So I just wanted to share that. Um before we we left and i wanted to thank you all for joining please give me your information so that i can share it um on luncheon with lisa's page and i will share with you all that i'm going to do another um show that has to do with finances and things um in the new year to prepare people um, because we need to keep revisiting this so i will definitely um be connecting with you all um because i want to continue the conversation so that the next generation coming up this is not something foreign and you know something they understand understand and do better at than i know our generation did so thank you all so much i'm gonna remind everybody that you can tune into luncheon with lisa every thursday seven to eight and we stream live on Facebook and YouTube. Um, and I'm looking forward to next Thursday and every show. This, like all the others, I have wonderful guests to give great information. Thank you all so much, ladies. This was awesome information. Thank you for having um, me. Absolutely. So and I will see you all again next week. Yes. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.